0: so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi. And every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Oliv! Ha ha! You're on the crazy train! All <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seat belts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 a.m. The fan. <laughs>
1: Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning us in today. Who's us? He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. And Sam Schmitz is all alone at the studio on the boards. Hey, this is another beautiful weekend here in Wisconsin, and we're glad that we can help enjoy it with you, even though it is just on the radio. Anyway, if you want to be a part of the show, all you got to do is give us a call at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250 for any questions or comments. Or, if you don't want to be on the show, you can email us live at at yahoo.com Good morning, Danny. How are you doing today?
2: Doing good, Tom. Uh, before I forget, I want to thank a uh, c- c- couple of our listeners, Tom yeah. and Joanne, I believe. Uh, dropped off some uh, Christmas cheer in, in the form of some, uh, what, Stella beer and ultra, uh, ultra Michelob, ultra golden, and... Uh, and so we appreciate that. We've got a lot of great listen, listeners who, you know, quite frequently I find little gifts outside by my boat in the back of my truck. People know, know where I'm at, I guess. The one time, Tom, I mentioned that I was mysteriously running out of coffee cups. I found three brand new coffee cups out in my boat that following week where people yeah. dropped off coffee cups. So, but uh, ser- seriously, though, we do appreciate uh, it, the kind gestures from our listeners.
1: Yeah, and they dropped off that uh, a bottle of jalapeno ketchup. I've never seen that, and uh, I'd like to ask them where they found it because uh, if I run out of this stuff, I might want to get some more. So I'm looking forward to trying it.
2: Well, jalapeno Tom, ketchup. <laughs> you know, i got a confession to make, buddy. Yeah. I, I almost kept that jalapeno ketchup for myself because <laughs> I thought, gosh, God dang it, man, that looks pretty good. I've never had that before. I'm kind of a, you know, my dad, I got this from my dad, ketchup. Are you a ketchup guy, Tom? Oh, yeah. I, uh, oh, yeah, my dad, I mean, I think it, it'd be kind of like, Dad, why don't you have a little steak with your ketchup? Geez, would he just pile it on? Of course, Mom, when she cooked venison, uh, she would mockingly she'd mockingly say, oh, yes, I'm going to make some more of this manna from heaven. And, of course, she didn't like the stuff, but Dad being a farm boy, venison was the greatest thing in the world. And she'd just fry it up. It'd be all dry and uh, tough. She never made any effort to make it good at all. And uh, she'd plop it on Dad's plate. And, of course, we as the boys, we got to go along. Oh, yeah, we'll eat the deer, too, with Dad. But it was pretty much a ketchup fest that kind of covered up all the sins. <laughs> all the sins of the lack of preparation of the venison. Uh, ketchup made everything good.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, mean, I like other stuff too, but uh, yeah, ketchup, yeah, why not? It's uh, one of those things, an icon. Oh, and Danny, <clears throat> excuse me. Remember last week we were talking about pickling spices? Yes. All right, I, I'm going to tell you what's in pickling spices. Okay, go. Okay. Shoot. Cinnamon, allspice, mustard seed, coriander, bay leaves, ginger, chilies, cloves, black pepper, mace, cardamom mace? and yeah, and self fitting agents. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, man.
2: That that's not like the mace people spray in people's you know no, no, faces no, no, to self defense.
1: No, no. no. Okay. No, it's a spice, yeah.
2: Well, well, before the show's over today, Tom, maybe during a break, I'm going to go get my In Fisherman Pike uh, Book of Pike Strategies and get the Mary Linder recipe and, and let you know what, what the, what's in that because I swear to God I had to buy all those separate, some oh, of the geez. stuff you're talk, talking about.
1: Well, I, uh, I don't know. I must have started some when I gave that recipe out twice, and uh, uh, I've got people asking me about it, you know, and uh we got a letter from bruce and uh, or an email let's see now wait a minute am i on the right one here
2: okay there mr technology there
1: i know here we go uh it says uh he wanted to know um about shirts and Oh, he wanted to know where he can get a cutting edge outdoors hat because he collects them and then he wanted to know how the pickled fish turned out and by the way the pickled fish turned out wonderful uh, they shrunk in size from what I cut them, you know, the chunks that I cut shrunk. And they were uh, like a little meaty, you know, uh, not real tender. They were a little tough, but they were excellent, yes. I just don't know if that recipe dissolves bones or, you know, pike bones or not. So, But I'll find that out. Anyway, uh, I told Bruce that uh, Smokey's Muskie Shop might have a few cutting-edge outdoors hats left.
2: They might um... have them. I was there a little uh, right before gun season, and there was a real nice. There was one left, one of the blaze orange ones for hunting. Okay. Cutting edge outdoors, and uh, I almost bought it myself because you know I took uh, I took Waka, who you know runs the paddle board here in the summers, and he's from California. Well, Waka's got into uh, shooting. Um, One of uh, one of the guys out here named Mike took him out, and he took hunter safety, and uh, he went out, you know, he's been doing some shotgun shooting. Uh, we uh, took our friend Al Shook, we took him out, and he shot his first pheasant. Well, when I was taking him out for the pheasant hunting, I, I gave him, I, le- I didn't give him, I I lended him my blaze orange cutting edge outdoors hunting hat, right?
1: Don't and tell you didn't get it
2: back. I didn't get it back. And oh yeah, it would have been perfect to be wearing that hat when I was taking my big buck pictures this year. Would have, we could have put it on our website, for God's sake. But, um, yeah, did there's he, a few, few hats there. Did he go
1: there. back to California already?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's in California walking around showing showing <laughs> all his buddies who skateboard out there that he's been doing some hunting in Wisconsin. Uh, of course, they're all, all those... Uh, Keto-loving vegans are probably looking at him with horror when he tells them. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, he's got it, by golly. That's a, that's a shame. That's yeah. a shame. Oh, I guess we got a caller, Tom. All right, what do we got? We got a live one.
3: We got Bill from the Sportsman Den.
1: Oh, hey, good morning, Bill. Long time no hear from. Well, I tried last week, but you uh, were busy on something. and I
4: tried a couple times, and then I overslept a couple times. Because this is the time of the year I get to
1: sleep. <laughs> oh, okay. I, did you sell the shop yet?
4: <laughs> no, no, I'm working on it. Uh, hopefully soon. But uh, anyhow, top of the morning, guys.
1: Yeah, good morning. Yeah, I'm on my
4: way deer hunting. I'm going after Bingo the Buck. He's I-18. Got 18 points with a gun. Open, oh, it's still rifle in Metro, if anybody didn't know that.
1: Right, right.
4: Yeah, did you guys hear that... Uh, uh, Al's brother, Ron, passed away?
1: Yeah, Ron Linder uh, passed away, yep. Yep, yeah, he sure did. Yeah, that's uh, what I want to throw.
4: Hey, fishing, the walleyes are going crazy north. If you go north and go uh, on your favorite lakes right now, they're going crazy. Any afternoon, a lot of the guys are following me uh, where I deer hunt up in that Shetak area, killing the walleyes.
1: Yeah, really? They about,
4: wow. yeah. yeah, they got about uh, four to six inches of ice on some
1: of the uh, longer, narrower lakes. Wow. Yeah, they were starting to get a little ice on them uh, a couple weeks ago up by Boulder Junction area. Not enough to walk on, but, uh, oh. you know, the shallower well, lakes were, were getting it, so I'm sure there's yeah. plenty of ice now.
4: Yeah, plenty of bite going on up there if you guys want to go up there. Hey, I got a question. Maybe somebody can answer. Never been out to the Mississippi. About three weeks ago, I wanted to call you guys. The perch were going goofy in the sloughs. The sloughs—I can never say it. Um, I'm wondering how long that lasts. Will it last to ice up in the sloughs on the
1: Mississippi? Because I'd like to take a trip out there. I have no idea. How about you, Danny? You got any ideas?
2: Um, boy, I—I uh, I, I wasn't uh, aware of that. I—I um, I really don't know. But man, if you—if you—if you can get some nice perch out of those sloughs, uh. I can see that being a good time. You know, I would, I would say there shouldn't be any reason why they should still shouldn't be in there once, uh, once ice up. You know, once things ice up. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: maybe well, one it, of our listeners will call us and, you know, think. that'd be great. I yeah, need a info. fishing report. <laughs>
4: yeah. I need
1: a fishing report. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's let's well, Bill, and, and how's business over by you at Sportsman?
4: Oh, we're dead in the water now. We're, we're slow. This is the time of year I can close the doors. If we, yeah.
1: You know, we're right on that line where we
4: don't get ice. And if, if yep. the lake is not going, you know, then there's nothing.
1: And that's all right because I need to break after this summer. There's yeah, yeah, I'm sure you were busy. Yeah, and by oh, the way, geez. if anybody, uh, you know, does need live bait, fishing, tackle, and other things, uh, 54th and uh, Billard is Sportsman's Den. Just look him up on the web, Sportsman's Den in Milwaukee. Thanks,
2: so, thanks a lot, guys.
1: Yeah, thanks
4: Take care. for coming, good luck. Go, Take care. Go
2: shoot the 18-pointer.
4: Uh, yeah, we're getting bingo. We're going to get him. We heard he's still running three days ago. Nobody got him yet.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, good luck. Let us know if you get him.
4: Later, I will.
1: Bye-bye. All right, see ya. Bye now. So what do you think, Danny? think he's going to get an 18-pointer?
2: I I don't know. You know, um, in in this day of trail cameras, it's kind of changed the game as far as deer hunting, where people nowadays, you know, it used to be you'd go out and you sat and you didn't know what you were going to see. You just got on a good spot where you figured you'd see deer and and you didn't have a a trail cam picture of a fork buck, an 18-pointer, a 6-pointer, a broken rack deer. I mean and then give them all names and then sit and pass up a bunch of deer cuz you know that one 18 right. pointers around. Right. But that's kind of what you got guys doing. I like our good friend Al Shook. He's probably listening right now along with uh, with his dogs Phoebe and in Summer who I was very happy to visit with those dogs yesterday. Um Anyway, uh, he's showed me a picture. He's got a big, wide-racked buck. He's got on the trail cam a couple of times right in his backyard where he can hunt with the uh, crossbow there, and um, he's been passing up a bunch of smaller ones because he's waiting for that big one. Now, I'll tell you, he's got life made because he can can plug one, walk about, oh, I don't know, 60 yards to his garage, and grip jump on his four-wheeler, drive out, drag, drag it up and hang it and it's done. you know he's, he's got it right there. Oh, so I great. hope he, yeah. I hope he I hope he gets that big one. you know I, speaking of deer hunting and then we got three minutes before we gotta go to our first break. Time flies when you're having fun here. Um, you know, I was two for two, Tom. I took one shot with the crossbow at 42 yards and had a big eight point. My biggest to date and then i took one shot at 162 yards with my new 270x bolt and it dropped that deer with one shot so i was two shots and i thought you know almost a perfect season i probably should have quit so i went up after the show on saturday and i took my 32 winchester special uh pre-64 lever action open sights and i thought it'd be fun to use this now the last time I used it was 15 years ago when I shot an eight point that I'm looking at it's on the wall right now in my place that was looking at me over a ridge at about 80 yards away and I I drilled it right in the neck so I'm pretty good with the open sights but Tom I made the cardinal mistake I yanked the trigger I I walked down into the marsh I load up I walk I don't know sixty yards into the marsh and a deer jumps up, little guy, but it's a antlerless. Well it wasn't a wasn't a prop wasn't a fawn, but it was a smaller doe. And it ran and then it stopped in the tall marsh grass about, I don't know, maybe forty yards away max, and I could see it was it was looking away from me, so it's kind of it was kind of angled butt end towards me. But I just quick put the bead you know, kind of right on the top of his shoulder by his neck and just pulled the trigger, expecting him to drop. Well, the deer bounded away, and what I did was, I'm sure, when I yanked the trigger, you know, I'm sure I probably sent that bullet flying right by his neck, and I should have taken the time to take a more careful bead and squeeze the trigger carefully, but I rushed it, and I missed it, so I messed up my perfect season there, so... Uh, I I actually went out and shot this uh, week out at McMiller, and when I take my time, I can shoot pretty doggone good out to 100 yards with those open sights, but the the key is, man, you always got to squeeze the trigger. Don't rush the shot.
1: That's right. That's uh, good advice, Danny, and right now, we do have to take that break, and when we come back, I got another email here for us, and... uh, I got to tell you about uh something that's uh, going around down south, southeastern uh, of the United States, an animal that you got to look out for. I'll tell you the all chupacabra? about
2: that and more, huh? Chupacabra?
1: Yeah, something like that. Anyway, okay. I'll tell you all about that and more here on the Cutting Edge Outdoors.
2: Welcome back to the Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Neubauer. We want to thank all our listeners out there, and uh, if you do enjoy the show, we appreciate you uh, patronizing, I guess is the word. Our advertisers, tell them you heard about us, uh, uh, about them on the uh, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Uh, we also always thank the uh, law enforcement officers out there. We back the badge, first responders, healthcare workers, and uh Military, we appreciate all you do to keep America safe. Uh, Also, before I forget, Tommy, um, uh, uh, Ryan called me or texted me from uh, Waterfront, uh, pub right out here in Pewaukee. And and as you know, they have some great fisheries, typically starting, oh, when we get good ice, I'm guessing mid to late January. And uh, they typically have them every Saturday out there. It's great family fun. Even if you don't fish, you can Go enter raffles and win great prizes, and uh, it's always a nice atmosphere out there. Well, apparently on February, and there's normally one every Saturday. I believe it's February 13th uh, is, I'm looking at my notes, which I can't even read my own writing here. February 13th, apparently uh, they had an opening for a fishery. So if interested, if your group, your sportsman's club, uh, you know, whatever, Outdoor group, you got. If you want to have a fishery and set, set up a great time, good fundraiser for your for your group. Uh, contact, uh, I guess Ryan over there at the waterfront pub stop out there. If they haven't booked it already, um, perhaps they already booked it. Typically those uh, dates are pretty prime, but uh, apparently uh, they had an opening the 13th, so I thought I'd mention mention that. Also, one of our listeners, Tom, and then I'll shut up and listen to see what you got going here. Um, one of our listeners was asking about a place to get baloney. I think you were the one yeah, that told me yeah. that, Tom.
1: Yeah, he called me at Sherpers, and, and I couldn't remember the name of the place that you said.
2: Well, here's the thing. I dropped my deer off because, well, two two things. Uh, I got two head mounts going, and I had to get my meat cut up. Now, if I would have had the time to take them in to get mounted, I would have taken them down to Dan Johnson here out in Oconomowoc because, He's the best taxidermist I know. I mean, he does incredible work. I've got several of his fish, especially, are just crazy. He did a big walleye for Ted Tagasaki years ago. But the weather was warm, and I had to get the deer taken care of right away, so I was forced to go somewhere close to where I was up in Sparta. So I, I went to a Hop Taxidermy up there. Doug Hop is the guy's name. Nice little uh, family operation up there. But then I went to Wisconsin River Meats, but I didn't get any ring baloney made there. So I might have mentioned that um, uh, Ron, who has the farm up there, um, I, I, I think I mentioned that maybe he always likes to get baloney at a place near Sparta, but his place isn't open anymore. So he actually had to go to Wisconsin River Meats with his deer too. So um, I do know that uh, as far as ring baloney, our good friends at Carl's Country Market... They make the ring bologna in five-pound batches, and according to my price list, which I got about a year ago, so I don't, if maybe it's changed by 50 cents or something, they make five-pound batches of ring bologna out of of your wild game for three bucks a pound. So that's really reasonable, so I guess I would suggest Carl's for that.
1: All right. Yeah, and Carl's does, uh, they do deer processing and bear processing, so if somebody gets a bear, they can drop it off there. Uh, we got this other email from Bruce. Again, it's Youper here, he says. He's been using this for 10 years. It keeps gas fresh for years. I have a chainsaw that sat for five years with the gas in it and started right up. It's awesome and really works. What week did you give the pickled fish recipe? Uh, that was a couple weeks ago, Bruce. Uh, I don't exactly remember when. I think it was like two weeks ago. And uh, he's he shown me a picture or showing us a picture of Star by Starbright called StarTron Enzyme Fuel Treatment. He says that works great. Also, the stuff that also works great that I and my son have been using is uh, seafoam. Uh, you've probably heard a lot about seafoam in the last few years. That's uh, pretty good, too. So there are good things, uh, additives to add to your, whether it be your lawnmower, your snowblower, your whatever, you know, even your car and, and boat, you know, Outboard motor, so yeah, just Rus for that.
2: Just don't add the old seafoam to the pickled recipe, and you'll, <laughs> you'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I put I put sea foam for the first time in uh, in my uh, boat before I put it in storage, and I've never had any problems. It runs that 90 Yamaha four-stroke runs like a top. But I put the seafoam in, and years ago there were some guys who used to use the stable. I'm sure you remember that stuff, and uh, and that was supposed to be good. As well, so there's there's some some pretty good things out there. Preventative maintenance, Tom, is the best maintenance. I always say. Um, I also want to mention to our listeners, we got an action-packed show lined up. Uh, we are going to try and call. I called Dale Stroshine uh, yesterday, and uh, we we are going to have Sam try and give him a call at about 7:30. So hopefully we can talk to him, find out what's going on. I think he just put his boat away for the year at 6:30 young Brody uh Jake who owns Carly's out here in Pewaukee uh Jake shared a picture of a big buck that Brody shot he's been passing up where he hunts they have uh, quality management there and he's been passing up smaller bucks and uh for many years and he shot his first buck it was a dandy he's gonna call us at 6:30, Sam and uh I believe uh He'll tell us that story, plus he's going to tell a story uh, he got run over by a coyote. Don't ask me how, but <laughs> we'll have that at 6.30. At 7 o'clock, we got uh, Randy from Midwestern Shooter Supply. He's going to give us a call and kind of, we're going to, I, I said, hey, what's going on, Randy, as far as you can't find ammo anywhere? What's going on in the industry that's happening? So he's going to call at 7 o'clock, hopefully, and give us some insights on that.
1: All right. Sounds great. Uh, what did Dale Strohshine say?
2: Yeah. Uh, I didn't get really much of a chance. He was busy when I called him, but basically uh, I just said, uh, he said, what time? And I said, well, it's 730, and I'll give Sam the number. We'll try giving him a call, and we'll find out what's going on when we talk to him then.
1: All right. We got another email here, and we've had this from David before. Uh, He says, uh, hi, guys. He says, I have a lot of respect for you both and need help. My 13-year-old son wants to start musky fishing. I love it and want to encourage him. He has asked for a musky rod for his Christmas and birthday gift. We went to Smokey's, and, were, and they were awesome to talk with. He wants a 9-foot heavy rod. He likes their brand at Smokey's that has the different handle configurations. It was gray, and the cost was $250. While I want him to get a good rod and reel, do you have any advice? I want to start him off with a good package. Is this the best way to go? He also wants the best of the best, and I would rather start him off with something in the better range, you know, good, better, best, in the better range, where he can invest after we see how much he will participate. Or should I get him the better rod to start and let him do his own upgrades with his reels? I can't listen to the whole show today, so if you can email me back, I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. You are the best, and I love your show from David. So, Danny, what I'm going to do is I'm going to forward this to you. We can talk about this a little bit today after the, when we have time during the show because we're not going to have time now after this break. Um, So I'm going to email it to you, and I'm going to give him a call. You can give him a call, and uh, maybe between the two of us we can give him some advice, okay? Gotcha. All right, so... With that, I'm going to take us into a break, and coming up next will be the Gut Report. Got a real tasty one for you today, real easy to make. If I can do it, you can do it, trust me. Anyway, we'll be right back right here on Sports Radio 1250 AM, The Fan. Come here, I'm
4: going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly.
1: The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. All right, here's a great recipe. I just, As a matter of fact, I just started making this this past week. Uh, it's called mushrooms and rice. First of all, I'm going to give you the list of ingredients first. One and a half cups of minute rice, eight ounces of chopped mushrooms, one medium onion, diced or chopped, one can of cream of uh, mushroom soup, and then salt and pepper to taste and pinch of cayenne to taste. That's cayenne pepper for those of you. Anyway... So first of all, get your uh, mushrooms and onions, cook it in a pan with some butter, in a kind of a bigger pan. Get those, and that's going to take 7 to 10 minutes. You want them, you know, w- you don't want them uh, wilted down, you know, and shrunken and shrunk in the, in, in soft. Let's put it that way. So anyway, and then in another pan, in a kettle, I should say, you want your one and a half cups of minute rice cooking. And just do it the way they say on the box. It takes about 5, 6 minutes. And then in another kettle, you get your cream of mushroom soup, the Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. You take the contents of the can and a can of water, mix that all up, heat that up. So by the time everything is ready, you put the rice in with the mushrooms and onions. You put the, the cream of mushroom soup in with that. Mix that all up. Put your salt and pepper and cayenne pepper in there. Mix everything up, and you're ready to go. It, it It is so easy, and it is so good. Now, the taste will depend on what type of mushrooms you're putting in. It's good with regular old white button mushrooms. It's better with shiitake mushrooms, and it would be great with morel mushrooms. So it all depends what kind of mushrooms, but try it. It's really good. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, and if you're looking for a business in liquor and beer and whatever and wine, that the be- they, they've got the best price, service, and selection anywhere. You can find them at two locations: 51st in Oklahoma or Main Street in Barstow in Waukesha. Go to DiscountLiquorInc.com for weekly specials.
2: Okay, welcome back to the Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Newbauer. Hey, thanks for getting on board the crazy train, getting on the rails with us this morning. Got an hour and a half left. And right now joining us is young Brody. Uh, he's Jake's son. Now Jake owns Carly's. And for all you young ladies out there, uh, Brody's single. He'd probably be a pretty good catch. He's going to inherit the empire out there someday. So uh, yeah, let me know. I'll hook you up. Uh, although Brody's got high standards. The girl's got to be hot. Right, Brody? Absolutely. Hey, so why don't qu- you...
1: I got a quick question. You said yeah. he's, he's the owner of Kylie's?
2: Carly's. His Carly's, dad owns what, Carly's, is, not what, Kylie's.
1: What is Carly's?
2: It's a bar and, it's, yeah, bar and grill. Oh, okay. Well, I You're, didn't know that. You've never been there? Come on, Tom. No, have never been there. Yeah, it's a great place out here in Pewaukee. Go out there for Sunday game day. And, uh, yeah, so it's a real nice place. But, anyway, uh, Brody, you've been hunting a lot of years. You finally shot a your first buck a big one tell us uh tell us the story how how did it happen well um i shot him
5: tuesday morning when it was
2: snowing outside and it
5: was blizzarding um i shot him nicer and early in the morning it was just quite the experience like none other i mean there he was traveling with two smaller bucks and they were too far away and it was snowing hard enough where i couldn't even see his antlers or his buddy's antlers because they were just so far um I waited for them to come in closer. I had the scope on him. He was walking around out in the cornfield right in front of me. Um, He walked into the marsh for a little bit, and I thought I'd never see that buck again because I figured he'd play smart, and he'd never come out until late afternoon, and I'd just never see him again. But uh, I was fortunate enough for him to pop out in a nice little window of brush, and it was clear enough where I could squeeze off a shot. Um, Shot him. Right where the engine works, he never ran more than about twenty-five yards.
2: So, did you get to see? Did you see him pile up when he ran?
5: Oh yeah, I heard him run, and from where I was, I shot him from about a hundred yards away, and I could hear him breathing heavily. Where where I shot
2: him? Oh, okay. So you could kind of hear him thrashing around and stuff when he when he went down. Oh yeah. So let you be honest now, because I've been hunting. I'm an old man here. Um. So, but still. When I see a deer, I initially kind of get that adrenaline rush where my heart starts pounding. Then I just take a deep breath and calm myself. So, were you a little excited when you saw it?
5: You know, and that's the thing that surprised me a lot. When um when I when I shot my buck, I didn't really get buck fever that much. I mean, I knew he was coming in, and I was just calm as I could be. I mean, I found that really strange because. You know, I've hunted other things in the past. Um, I've shot doe, um, I've shot turkey, and my heart's my heart's been uh, it's pumped before when I've shot those. But uh, for this guy, it's it never really pumped, and I never really got shaky or um, out of control. I stayed really calm, and I was able to collect myself and be able to get the job done.
2: No, you know what you mentioned, Brody. Um, I've I've seen this where. I'll initially, my heart might start pounding initially when I first see a deer, but then if you just start focusing and concentrating on what it's doing, where it's going, you kind of get in a zone where you're more relaxed and you're just kind of watching and evaluating the situation, so by the time you take the shot... You've calmed down, so it sounds like you were able to focus. Now, tell us the story. Your your mom told me you got run over by a coyote yesterday, <laughs> and I thought that's a BS story. Nobody gets run over by a coyote. But co- tell, us, a coyote. <laughs> yes, t- tell us, coyote. Yes, tell us the story, Brody. Okay, well, that was, oh boy, that was. I almost want to say that was
5: the turkey hunting season. So that was back in spring. I can't remember if it was. It was a, not last year the year before that uh, last year so uh, first day for me and my dad we're going turkey hunting and it's we wake up you know really early before the sun comes out so it's still dark outside and we get all of our stuff together we walk up into the section of woods that we were hunting that morning Um, we get set up and then we hear the sound of what we thought was A rabbit in the general woods around us getting eaten by something um just god-awful screaming and rustling of leaves and breaking of sticks and branches um me and my dad had no idea what it was but we just sat, sat tight in our uh little spot and we were just waiting for the sun to come up so we could hopefully get a big tom um so we're waiting the sun just starts to come up There's just a little bit of light, but it's still very, very dark. Um, we hear the first couple of gobbles and we start calling right away. So I'm sitting in my stand and I'm waiting and I'm looking towards my decoys and I hear footsteps coming from behind me. So we keep on calling. and the, I'm thinking it's a tom coming in silent to my decoys that are right in front of me. The footsteps, they keep on getting louder, faster heavier, and they just keep getting uh, closer. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and the footsteps, they keep on getting louder and louder and louder, and I'm thinking, you know, I was like, this is it. This is going to happen right away. And before I knew it, it was I felt paws and claws dig into my shoulders, and the coyote used my shoulders and my back to jump off of me and try to pounce on my decoys. (laughs) Oh, God. It was uh, a free meal. Yeah, it was crazy. So... So This like you'd see from like a dog show or whatever. This full palm or this full-grown dog jumped over my back and shoulders, knocking me out of my chair. You know, I'm screaming. I don't know what's going on out in the woods. I start (laughs) cranking off rounds and there's fireballs.
2: It was just crazy. (laughs) Uh, He must
1: have been Wiley Coyote. So,
2: so the so the coyote used you as like a log as a launching pad to go for the decoy. Exactly, and I don't know. I wish I would have had a
5: camera on my barrel, or if I was wearing a GoPro. I mean, there's like it was something I've never experienced before. That is so absolutely weird.
2: I, it is. You know, I would have been screaming myself, Brody. Yeah, there was uh,
5: there was some colorful language thrown in there, but I won't say <laughs> that now.
2: <laughs> oh my man, gosh. That's man, that's
1: interesting. That's that's man, what a story
2: yeah i've I've heard stories of you know of uh predators almost you know pouncing on people when they were uh you know make calling for whatever turkeys or stuff before. but I've never actually talked to anybody who actually had physical contact with the predators so yeah quite quite the story to tell uh Tell your dad we gotta go out there and hunt those wily coyotes here. I got the predator calls. We gotta we gotta get our revenge on them now and send a 55 grain 223 shell through its lungs. I think. I, I absolutely I second that motion. All right, Brody. Well, thanks for joining us this morning here. Uh, I know it's as a young guy. I thought, man, if I when I was Brody's age, it was pretty tough to get up at this time in the morning. But I guess guess you, your dad has some work planned for you today. So. uh Good, you're uh, got a good father uh, making you into an industrious young person. So, thanks for joining us and uh good luck hunting again, Brody. Absolutely. Have a good day.
1: Yeah, thanks all right. Brody. Appreciate it. Well, yeah. Wow. That's that that, 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 that that is one interesting
2: story. Can you imagine all of a sudden you'd have paws <laughs> on your shoulders? real. <laughs> I mean, i i you know i got that with al shook's labs but they're yeah. they're harmless the labs yeah i like they they uh but they uh, have a have a coyote put its paws on your shoulder and launch itself at least it didn't attack them though can yeah, you imagine
3: that's
1: true yeah that would have oh that would have been terrible
3: yeah
2: but
1: after, i guess uh, we got coming up next we have uh the horn which is uh brought to you by carl's country market and um you know, they're out there in Menominee Falls on the corner of Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road. So, uh, you know, you might want to try and give uh, Carl's Country Market a try for their award-winning sausages and all kinds of stuff that they have out there. But you can win a $10 gift gift certificate by winning the Hornschwagel, and that's coming up next. And after the Hornschwagel, i still got to tell you about that invasive species that's down in the southeast of the, the United States. You'll be quite surprised to hear about it. But anyway, so call now, folks. It's 799 1250. That's 414 799 1250. Be a contestant in the Horn- in the Hornschwaggle and be the big winner of a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market. We'll be right back, folks.
2: All right. Let there be Hornschwaggle, I say. Welcome back to the Cutting Edge Outdoors. And uh, right now we have our world-famous, long-awaited, much-anticipated Hornschwaggle segment where what can our winners win, Tom? What what do they get?
1: Well, they get the $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market. And uh, I know they're going to spend more than $10, you know, because a lot of good stuff there. So that's what they're going to get.
2: Un- unbelievable i've got their list of all the things that they can make and uh, i mean there's like 20 different things listed here so yeah take your deer out there uh take take your wild game there they do a great job the only thing i'll apologize for in advance is you're gonna spend more money than what you think because everything smells and looks so good there you just gotta stock up but anyway who do we have uh, for our lucky contestant sam
3: today we got matt from caledonia
2: Matt from Caledonia. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Good morning. Okay, your name sounds familiar, Matt. You've played the Hornswoggle before? In the past, yep. Okay, good. So you know how this works. If I'm pulling your leg, it's a Hornswoggle. If I'm uh, speaking truth, it's no Hornswoggle. So here we go. Uh, The topic today is trout. Well, why trout? Well, I got an email from uh, the Fly Fishers Fly Shop. Uh, which is a world-renowned fly fishing shop. They've got some Christmas discounts running from Friday the 11th through Tuesday the 15th, and you can win prizes and stuff, so uh, I might have to stop out there. Uh, maybe I'll get into fly fishing. So that got. Uh, so now I have trout on the brain here, Matt. So here we go. Trout. All right. Okay, trout uh, prefer warmer water. That's why you'll find them in shallower lakes and ponds. Hornschwagel or no Hornschwagel? I'll say no Hornschwagel. No, that's a Hornschwagel. Mm. Trout trout actually prefer colder water. That's why they're in spring-fed lakes and cool streams. But you still got it, another chance. Okay, uh, rainbow trout and steelhead are actually the same species. Uh, they call them steelhead because when they go out into the big lakes like Lake Michigan and in Great Lakes, They kind of, their color kind of changes, they're not quite as bright, but uh, when they're in the inland streams, we just call them rainbow trout, but it's really one and the same. Hornschwagel or no Hornschwagel? I'll say no Hornschwagel. No Hornschwagel. Okay. One out of two. So here we go, no pressure or anything. Um, Fly fishing. Fly fishing is a great way to pursue stream trout. Fly fishing is a great way to go after stream trout. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? Um,
4: no hornswoggle.
2: No hornswoggle. Okay.
4: All right. We well, got a
1: winner.
2: You started out slow, Matt, but you had a gallant comeback there, so we'll put you on hold. Uh, Sam I am. will take your uh, address information. I'll get that $10 certificate to Carl's Country Market mailed out to you in a couple of days. Super. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks for listening, buddy.
1: All right, Danny, uh, we yes. got an email that's up your alley.
2: Okay, wow. All right. email is what, from what our did
1: friend just... Keenan. Keenan! Who moved back from Kansas up here to Wisconsin. He said, Dan, just to follow up on pheasant hunt in western Kansas, there is a ton of walk in land. Just look it up on the Kansas Game and Parks. Happy holidays to you all. Kansas? Oh, that was
2: nice. Yeah, Kansas Game and Parks. And if Keenan's listening he had mentioned some city that his buddies were up by hunting by yeah. in Kansas last week and I I can't remember the name if he could actually well, e- email that to I'm, us
1: I'm uh, he might be working cuz he said he had that job you know with the deer processing so I emailed you the email so you you can always email him you know now Oh okay him. So I sounds sent good that to you
2: we got great information at the Cutting Edge Outdoors Network. That's what yes, we gotta we call do. it. Tom. And if
1: anybody else wants to email us, it's CEOGuys at Yahoo.com. Now, here we go, Danny. Here we Down go. Down In southeastern West uh, of the part of the country. Okay. There is an invasive species species from Argentina. It's called a Tago lizard. It's either Tago or tigo, something like that. The lizard is spreading across Mm -hmm. the southeast Mm -hmm. like crazy. They get up to 10 pounds and 4 feet long and eat just about anything. So you wonder, how did this goofy lizard from Argentina start popping up in the southeast? Well, you know, the way it happens a lot of times, Danny, is people get something as a pet, and then they don't want it anymore, and they let it go. And if a number of them are let go, and they're males and females, you know what happens then. So, yeah, I'm glad we don't have to worry about, you know, four-foot-long lizards <laughs> like they do down south.
2: Well, I think they're also having problems down in Florida with iguanas running around. Um, Probably. I th- yeah, I think I heard that. And that's there. There's like those are booming. Along with now, they got the guys who used to shoot, shoot, shoot them. Uh, we got the gator hunters now going down and grabbing snakes on the, uh, it's the history or discovery channel, whatever they're on and they're catching all these snakes down there and you watch these guys and shoot, I'd rather catch gators and shoot them in the head with a 22, than try and grab those snakes. And these guys get bit all the time by them too.
1: That's crazy. And then of (laughs) course there's those monster, uh, hornets, uh, you know, murder, yeah. Murder, yeah, murder hornet. hornets, they look like big yellow jackets, same thing, yellow jacket hornet, um, out in the, what is that, the upper west coast, like Oregon and
2: uh, Washington. And Washington, I want to yeah. say.
1: Yeah. yeah, and they're like two inches long, and they're, oh, I don't if want you to get... run into a pack of those.
2: Well, I mean, it, it only takes, I think, five or six of them to get you, and you die, so that's that's not a good thing. But they did destroy one of the nests. They uh, put a little transmitter on one of the little buggers and uh, got one. So another thing I want to announce before I forget, and at 7 o'clock, hopefully uh, our friend Randy, uh, one of the uh, owners and managers of uh, uh, Runs the Empire out there at Midwestern Shooter Supply, he's uh, hopefully going to give us a call. But on our trail cam up on the palatial estate up in Douglas County, uh, my cousins captured... A picture of what appears to me, Tom, to be a monster black bear. Now, when I tell you monster, I look at this son of a gun. It doesn't even look like a bear. It's so big.
1: Does it look like Godzilla?
2: It looks like (laughs) Bearzilla. And it's belly. It's belly. I think I just gave it the name, Bearzilla. Yeah. Okay, we got Bearzilla. Bearzilla and its belly is nearly dragging the ground. Now, uh, in Dick Ellis, uh, Wisconsin, on wisconsinoutdoors.com, he has some outfitters from northern Wisconsin who always write about bear, and they had, they've shown pictures in the past of a bear they called snaggletooth, which uh, I don't know if they ever got snaggletooth or not, was supposedly some six, 700-pound bear. So I tried texting that picture to them and asking them, hey, can you tell me how big it is, but... Uh, uh, they just blew me off and ignored me, didn't get back to me. But I did send it to uh, Jake Nelson, who uh, Troy Woodrow has uh, talked fondly about what a great guide he is up there and uh, musky fishing and for uh, black bear hunting. And he sent back that he estimated at over 450 pounds. Now, I think Jake is being conservative when he, when he says that. In fact, one of the replies, Tom, get this. One of the replies said... Uh, Probably a sow, 170 to 250 pounds. One of these guys replied to a text. I guess Troy did a group text. Uh-huh. I weigh 170 pounds, for God's sake, and that thing's like four of me. And how could the guy tell if it's a sow by looking at the picture? But you know how some guys like to sound like experts, you know, on the Internet or whatever? This sounded like some guy who's trying to be Joe Expert, and he, he sounds like a knucklehead. Because this, I'm, what I'm going to do, Tom is I'm going to contact uh, our uh, webmaster of the CEO Guy's site. And I'm going to see if I can get him to post that bear picture on the site. And I'd like our listeners to go to our website and take a look at the bear, and maybe you can uh, give us a call during uh, one of our upcoming shows and tell me how big you think, think that son of a gun is. Because I'll tell you what, we're going after that thing next year. Yeah. It looks like a mo- – I, I, I showed Al Shook. Al Shook said he, – he thought 600 pounds. He said that there's a bear at some place that he goes to in Minnesota where they got like a, a pet slash – I don't know if it's a pet, but they have a, a bear, captive bear, and it supposedly weighs 730 pounds. And he said to me, that bear looks just like the one we got in the picture. Or the one in the picture looks just like that. What? So he was guessing 600 pounds. So anyway, well, work on that. But it was really cool to see that thing. It's just, like I said, its stomach looks like it's inches off the ground.
1: Let me ask you, what's our website?
2: CEOGuys at Yahoo.com. Uh, and, and guess what, Tom? You don't even have to do all that crap. You just go to Google and type in CEOGuys, it'll take you right there. There you go. How do I know? I just did it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we probably should update that. You know.
2: Yeah, it's 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 out of date. It doesn't have Dave Olson added on there. Is uh, yeah, yeah we as part on there. It's got yeah. So yes, we uh, I'll contact the webmaster, and um, we'll see if we can get that update done. Yeah, but if, anyway, it was and if, really cool to see.
1: If I was gonna say, if you think about it, send me our webmaster's name and email address uh, because of the fact that I lost it. Remember when I accidentally wiped out everything in my archives and on the computer so i lost his information so okay i need that at some future date but for right now danny we got to go to a break because we got the second hour of power coming up with him dan bush and me tom Newbauer. so stay tuned folks for more of the cutting edge outdoors
4: the following
0: is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Entercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. All aboard! <laughs> ha, ha, ha! You're on the crazy train!
3: All aboard! Ha, ha, ha,
0: ha! Welcome to the Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan.
1: That's a beautiful day in the neighborhood here at the Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Tom Neubauer, he's Dan Bush, and we are here for another hour. You know, we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live, we are unrehearsed. And you never know who's going to be on sometimes. Like we got some great guests today. We've had some and we're going to have more. You can always be part of the show by calling us at 799 1250. That's 414 799 1250. But if you're a little shy and you don't want to come on the air, well, you can email us with your comments and questions at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Okay, Danny, coming up next, do we have Randy on the line from Midwestern we- Shooter Supply?
2: Yep, we do have Randy on the line. Uh, he's probably on his way to work right now. Good morning, Randy. Good morning.
1: Yeah, hey, Randy. Good morning.
2: So uh, I thanks for joining us. And the reason I wanted Randy to come on, Tom, is I've been going to everywhere looking for ammo just for a 32 Winchester Special. And like you can't find ammo anywhere. Nothing at stores, nothing online. And I'm kind of wondering, you know, I, what is the cause of this? Are people, there's not that many people deer hunting, so I was hoping maybe uh, Randy could enlighten us. So, so, Randy, what do you got there, buddy? What's going on?
6: Well, this year, a unique year with, you know, with the corona and everything, but uh, it's kind of like what they call the perfect storm. You had election year, you had uh, uh, corona coming in, you got like 2 million new shooters, and uh, Remington went out of business there. You know, uh, they only were here for about six months. They're 30 40% of the market. And when, and when they go out, you know, how can you fill all them voids? And a lot of factories that are in different states have told us that they're only allowed to have 60% of their workers in there. And, you know, and then you compound it with the corona guys. The truck are sick. Everybody's sick. Transportation, delivery, uh, the docks, stuff coming in from Europe. Uh, is waiting to be unloaded. And Europe, shut down. A lot of the docks over there are shut down. It's just like a, like I said, it's a perfect storm. And, and sorry to say, it's going to be like this for a year.
1: Really? Uh, Randy, you mm-hmm. sold uh, a, a lot of handguns this year? Yeah. Yep, yep, we have. Are you sold out?
6: No, nope, no, nope.
1: we have firearms.
6: Uh, Good. You know, the firearms, uh, there's been some great companies, Glax, & Lesson, that really kept us going, SIG. Um you know they've actually kept up with the with the demand. I'm not saying perfect, but uh they've kept up with the demand and sometimes it just depends on who you know and and how big a story you are
1: yeah
2: gotcha so so firearms, you know it sounds like you're you're still getting some from some of the major manufacturers that are doing uh maybe a a better job or maybe it's just easier for them to keep up with the demand so you still got a good selection and uh, hunting rifles i'm guessing as well there mm-hmm. so if anybody is looking to uh, get firearms uh midwestern shooter supply is the place to go yet
6: yeah i mean how it, about it's been, with that
2: go ahead you no know, i said
6: it's been a great year uh we don't have everything and uh we're not yeah, you know, usually we have by the first of the year you know we're already and uh, it's just not going to be that people are just going to have to be a little patient
2: let me ask you this uh randy is it kind of like the toilet paper situation where people started hoarding right away
6: you know there there is some of that too and um there are people that do shoot a lot in the, in the ranges and everything and they don't hoard uh but there are it's it's a compounding, you know, reloading. We can we get half the product there to reload, but you can't get the primers, because the manufacturers can't make enough primers for their own ammunition. So now them people are back out on the market buying, you know, uh, regular loaded ammo. Um, you know, we, we're we getting ready to come into our high school season. We got, what, five, 6,000 kids in Wisconsin shooting, and they're they're really worried. They're not. There might not be enough ammo for them to finish the
2: season. You know, it's wow. it's interesting you mentioned that, Randy, because I was talking to my friend Al Shook yesterday, and he reloads, you know, for shotguns, and he was talking that he's having a hard time getting. Uh, maybe it was primers that he mentioned, but he it was components anyway. So uh, I would have thought that those guys would be the ones that uh, would be you know, not having a problem necessarily. And the, the rest of us schmoes who don't reload are the ones that are kind of out of luck. Now, I will say personally, Randy, uh, I stocked up pretty well a couple years ago, not because I was expecting the zombie apocalypse, but because I do do a lot of hunting and shooting. And I use all my firearms for a specific reason, whether I'm hunting a coyote uh, or whether I'm hunting deer or, or turkey or whatever. So I'm fortunate that I'm pretty well set. But, uh, yeah, so you're anticipating that this could go for about another year then?
6: Yeah. I mean, you're going to get your 9mm in and stuff like that, but uh, that 32 Special, they only make that, like, once a year. So, okay. I'd I i got a
1: question. How was your uh, fishing sales this year?
6: Uh, they were good. Uh, you know, we had a shortage of supplies after the first initial shipment. Yep. And uh, from what I've been told, because of shipping and freight coming in from China, it's going to be that way this year. You're going to get that one initial blast, and
1: then it's going to be hard to find. Well, you know, it's funny. I found that uh, trying to order some products that were even made in the United States, uh, they didn't have them, like the Eagle Claw Company, you know, trying to get their sinkers mm-hmm. and their hooks. That's tough with them.
6: It comes down you know? to raw materials. Yeah. It comes down to freight. Uh it's, it's going to be a, a different year. I, uh, next year is going to be the same way this year, really. It's until the end of the year.
1: Yep.
2: Hey, a lot of people don't realize, but uh, your shop has a great fishing selection there as well. And if you go there look at the big muskie above the fishing counter, that's Dan's Pewaukee Lake muskie I caught, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago. But um, – uh, you were mentioning Randy that uh, you know you're kind of you always have your finger on the pulse because I know you get a lot of guys who fish a lot stop in your shop. You mentioned that there's a what lot of good walleye fishing going on in some areas now. Can you kind of expand on that a little?
6: Yeah, just, just like your uh, Sportsman Den guy said earlier this morning when I was listening, uh, Winnebago, Fox Lake, they're trolling uh, northerns and uh, muskies out there. Um, they're uh and then a lot of guys are heading to erie right now it's supposed to be 50 60 degrees down there next week uh and beta knock is on fire usually beta knock you know you got like two inches of ice on your boat Well, everybody's up there fishing there's a lot of guys with the boat back in the water this week
2: yeah, yeah. and i would i would imagine up in the bay of green bay too um mm-hmm. they probably doing some fishing so and uh, you mentioned Winnebago. They're catching a lot of uh, a lot of walleyes. what What's the size that they're getting there? Are they you know, getting a lot uh... of
6: 16 to 17 inch uh, jigging in the mouth? Uh, okay. mouth on Right now, Uh they'll start moving up, and I'm sure you can find some pockets up in the rivers. Uh, they're gonna start moving up, but uh, right now, fishing has been good for the guys that are doing it.
1: Hey, Randy, what did you hear about the perch fishing on Winnebago?
6: Ah, uh, very spotty.
1: Yeah.
6: You know, they get into them one day and you know, get their limit, get great porch The next day, search it for them.
1: It's kind of like what the way fishing is sometimes.
6: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Winnebago, yeah. I think, is a changing system. Um, there's so many boats out there. Uh, it's it's not as easy as it used to be at Winnebago. Huh.
2: More pressure. Huh. Yep. Interesting. You got to change your tactics.
6: They're looking for different things. Gotcha.
2: Well, I appreciate you joining us there, Randy. It's great that uh, you got your a great, great store there. You're still in, still rocking in business and yeah. uh, and doing your best to keep the consumers, uh, uh, you know, supplied. And I would just tell our listeners that uh, if it's going to be anywhere, it's probably you. You guys are going to be the ones that have it. And uh, so it'll just be a. Uh, uh, kind of a, a work in progress where i guess if you're waiting for a specific load or something you just got to keep checking back i guess
6: right that's really tough and when you find a load you like especially for your rifle to buy one box to see if you like it you, you don't have that choice anymore buy four buy a case yeah you know that way you've got enough for the next five years the same load you know you might buy a load this year they
2: might not need to make that next year wow, wow.
0: I didn't,
2: you know, I didn't know Remington went out of business. When did that happen?
5: Yep. Uh, well, they
6: actually filed for bankruptcy started back in June and everything. Uh, and then they split up and they sold. And Federal bought out the ammo side of the um, of Remington. Uh, the, the people that bought the gun side, I don't know who they are. And they have not uh, publicly said anything if they're going to produce guns or when they're going to produce them or... But uh, you know, uh, uh, Marlin Ruger bought Marlin, so it's going to be back all the products, but it's going to be brought bring by different companies.
2: What uh, with sales so well for firearms and ammunition, uh, wh- how how did was how was Remington going bankrupt? Were there lawsuits or something or any insight? Yeah, they up?
6: had a lot of lawsuits and uh, bad management, I think, and just lawsuits. Okay.
1: All right. Well, Randy, yeah, thanks for coming on. I'm glad you took the time. No problem. Before you opened today, we appreciate it.
2: Yep. All right, thanks again.
1: All right, you take care, Randy.
2: All
1: right. Yeah, that was Randy Belko from uh, Midwestern Shooter Supply up there in Lomira. And right now we're going to go to a break, but we need a contestant. Guess what time it is, folks. It's the NFL Football Picking Contest brought to you by Curly's Waterfront Pub. Be a winner, and you can get a $10 gift certificate to Curly's Waterfront Pub on beautiful Pewaukee Lake. All you got to do is tie or beat Danny, Sam, and myself. Just tie or beat us, anyone, and uh, you'll get that $10 gift certificate. Now, you got to bet against the spread, though, and Sam is going to find out what the spread is. I don't even know who who they're playing this week, Danny. Do you know? Uh,
2: the Philadelphia Eagles, my oh. friend.
1: Okay, so we'll find out. Sam will get the spread, and we'll play the NFL football picking contest coming up next. So call us at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. And we'll be right back with more of the Cutting Edge Outdoors.
2: Welcome back. To the Cutting Edge Outdoors, Uh, when I heard the start of that music, I thought, are we going to be watching Jaws here or something? Uh, But, uh, but, uh, you know, I guess that's the tundra music.
1: Yeah, What, uh, Sam, what do you got for the line for this week's game?
3: As of now, the Packers are favored by 8.5 points.
1: All right, and uh, what time is that game on at? It's
3: a 3.25 game.
1: 3.25 game. Well, you know, last week the Packers were favored by... Uh, what, eight, not eight and a half, nine points? I think it was like and ten.
3: They,
1: yeah, ten, and they kicked butt last week. So uh, who do we have on the line for a contestant?
3: Today we got Brian in West Dallas. All right, good morning, Brian.
5: Hey, good morning, guys. I have one question off the record real quick uh, before the football thing. Where's the best place uh, within uh, maybe 50 to 100 miles, maybe 200 of uh, like the West Dallas, Brookfield area? We want to go ice fishing for a weekend in a couple of weeks, and we're going to rent a big camper. Oh
1: boy, ice fishing.
2: Well, that would I guess,
1: be north of here, <laughs> far north of here.
2: Yeah, if, if if we had good ice, I mean, if it were you know cold enough, the Madison Chain Lakes. It's 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 hard to go wrong there. They have got some pretty good opportunities there. But right now, I don't know if we'll have any ice here for another month. So I guess we're talking. Probably further than 50 to 100 miles if you got to go further north to find the ice. Maybe our Boulder Junction connection can call us at the end of the show and weigh in on that. He's probably China, got some spots. Maybe a couple
5: hundred miles they might have ice up there or something.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Up yeah. in the
5: Boulder
1: Junction area, Manacqua, Boulder Junction, uh, Rhinelander, Eagle River, those areas will have ice in a couple weeks. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Uh, we're trying to have a guy's weekend and go ice fishing and kind of enjoy the weekend.
1: There you go. Yeah. That sounds, yeah, like a sounds plan. good. Time.
5: All right, appreciate it.
1: All right, so uh, okay, uh, Packers are favored by eight and a half against the Eagles. What do you think?
5: I'm gonna. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm gonna take the Eagles and the points. I just think the Packers don't do well with a physical team, and they always seem to play down to their competition.
2: All right,
1: Danny, what do you got?
2: I I think he. I agree with him. He's a wise man. I they always uh, physical teams if they can start. Roughing up uh, and, and getting, especially getting hits on Aaron Rodgers. If he if he doesn't get hit, like against the Bears, he's going to kill you. But if they start, like any good quarterback, any great quarterback, you start putting hits on him and the game changes a lot.
1: Who's the quarterback for the Eagles?
3: Carson Wentz.
1: Oh, he's not that good. Everybody touts him as a, this great guy. Yeah, no, nah, he's not that good. Sam, what do you think?
3: I got the Packers winning this one, but I don't think they cover the spread.
1: I got the Packers winning too, but uh, I think they'll cover the spread. Yeah, why not? Why not? I'm on board all the way. So anyway, well, good luck, and well, uh, you. well you're a winner already. Yeah, <laughs> you, you tied us. <laughs> so you guys have <laughs> well,
5: a wonderful holiday season.
2: Thank leave, you. Uh, you too. Leave your address with our producer Sam, and I'll get that mailed out to you for uh, the Waterfront Pub ten dollars certificate.
7: All right,
5: happy
2: holidays, guys. Yep, okay, thank, thank you. you. you Take care, man. Yeah, that's right, Danny. Christmas
1: isn't all that far away.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So uh, I'll get my list to you on, you know, some of the things, the presents I want, Tom. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you reminded me of that. Hey, we were talking about firearms manufacturers, and and Randy, you know, he really gave some insights into the industry. Now I had kind of thought that everybody was getting with all the riots we saw in the cities and this and that that. People were somewhat getting ready for the zombie apocalypse and were stocking up on ammo. And I, I know from friends that I talked to, that's a part of it. But uh, just the uh, situation with COVID where workers, you know, factories probably aren't at full capacity. Shipping's not at full capacity. But, uh, you know, there is a uh, a company that I think is a pretty, pretty darn nice uh, company, uh, Henry Repeating Arms, which basically... Uh, their motto is "Made in America or not at all," and I, I believe that they're a Wisconsin company. You know, they uh, they raise money uh, for for uh, you know mm-hmm. sick sick children and so forth. In fact, I got an article here in on Wisconsin Outdoors where uh, Henry Repeating Arms they uh, donation they raised forty seven thousand dollars for a three year old uh, uh, child uh, battling leukemia. And what they do is they uh, they make a series of custom rifles, and then all the proceeds from the sales and auctions of the rifles are then, you know, given to these various causes. Uh, and this year, the company has raised over 175000 for individual families of sick children and presented Shriner, Shriners International, which has the Shriners Hospitals, with a $52,000, $500 check as well. So... Uh, They sold some of the rifles at like $620 each and they sold out within a matter of hours. And, you know, realistically, had I known that I would have paid $620 for a Henry rifle, knowing that the, knowing that, uh, the proceeds would be going to help sick children. So, uh, I think that's a pretty good admirable company. They make great lever actions, uh, shotguns and rifles. So, uh, if you're going to buy a rifle, I'd uh really suggest uh thinking about a Henry repeating rifle.
1: Yeah, they make a lot of good calibers too. You know, they uh they they're really and I, I was reading some stuff on them and hey, let me ask you Danny, um that Wisconsin Outdoor News. Have you gotten a recent one lately?
2: Well, the one I'm referring to is uh is on wisconsinoutdoors.com which is Dick Ellis's uh publication but as far as the wisconsin outdoor news no
1: no no i'm sorry dick ellis's that's the one i'm talking about
2: yeah uh the one i've got is the november december one and i picked it up at uh at uh quick trip
1: you know what's funny over at Sherpers, we always got them okay every two months that they came out i haven't seen one of his all summer long over at Sherpers. i don't know why they stopped sending you know delivering them to
2: us well, you know, you're, you're right. I used to see him there at Sherpers. In fact, I kind of looked yesterday when I went out to see you yeah. and didn't see it. Uh, so, yeah, well, maybe if uh, if uh, Dick Ellis is listening to us right now, which I'm sure he is, the whole world is, or somebody <laughs> who in his network, I know some of the guides that write for him, uh, maybe they let him know. Because dropping him off at Sherpers would be a... Uh, Oh, it'd be a great place. They yeah, probably we'd go, go th- We
1: go through a stack of those things every two months. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I like to uh pick it up at the uh at the Quick Trip here, and then I'll I'll go right across the street to a little restaurant and have breakfast. But when I have breakfast, I like to be reading my morning paper. And uh I've kind of quit buying national papers um because every all the national news seems like nothing but propaganda now that uh so i'd rather read a, a good publication about hunting and fishing or a hunting and fishing magazine and uh as opposed to just reading the papers these days
1: yes <clears throat> oh excuse me i had a frog in my throat there yeah so well, hopefully uh maybe he'll get back to either that or i gotta just gotta give dick ellis a call and find out what's going on you know so
2: well, why don't you give him a call and uh, maybe we could talk to him on the air sometime too
1: yeah, yeah, that'd be a good idea. I'll ask him what he's doing, see if he can come on. You know, this is a time of the year when, I mean, deer hunting's still going on, but not the big deer hunting thing. You know, they've got the smaller smaller seasons, you know, right after the regular gun. And, and ice fishing isn't really going yet. A lot of people have put away their boats or not open water fishing. It's kind of like, like, like Bill was saying from Sportsman's Den. It's that, that, that weird time of year that... uh there's not as much going on as what we what we would like. Let's put it that way. And
2: uh, well, years ago, I referred to this time as the tweener time. Yes, exactly. And 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 John Layman, he really he really liked that term. He'd use it a lot. It's the tweener time when you know one thing's kind of ended and the, the deer hunting's winded down, but now we're kind of waiting a lot of people are just wait waiting for ice now oh we yeah. do
3: ha-
2: I... we Go do ahead. have the doe season. you uh we got muzzle loader going on right now, which I think started Thursday runs through tomorrow. The next week Thursday, I believe is the doe hunt. Again, don't take my word for it. always look at regulations. Uh, But that runs Thursday through Sunday. Um, Uh,
1: Here, I I got it here, Danny. The muzzleloader ends December 9th, and the four-day antlerless deer hunt is December 10th through the 13th.
2: Okay, so they're running that muzzleloader one a little bit longer than I thought. Yeah, so about four more days of that, yeah. Yeah, so the uh, the uh, antlerless will be next week. I might take the 32 special and try and redeem myself and uh, go up and, and shoot a doe just for fun, um, use the old open sights. Uh, uh, like I said, I shot at McMiller, and it's pretty accurate at 100 yards. I, uh, I'm pretty confident if I take my time, I can plug a nice doe. But, you know, I'm happy because I didn't realize um i have like well almost four boxes of 32 special shells that are like old shells that probably got them when i was a kid in the 70s but i had box after box after box and man i'll tell you what that's like uh, pure gold right now as far as if a guy you know if a guy didn't have all those shells i'd be out of luck if i went to try and buy some shells for my 32 special to go hunt right now it's just amazing you,
1: you just have to use one of your other rifles
2: which I'm um, fortunate enough, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: I, uh, I I got <laughs> yeah. other
2: ones in the old safe here that I can uh, I can always go to. Right. Yep.
1: Well, anyway, we got a, another break coming up, and just want to remind everybody that Dave's Turf and Marine, that's out uh, one mile east of Watertown on Highway 16, is uh, still winterizing boats, and they do have a uh, few spots left for boat storage. So if you're looking for that kind of stuff, check out Dave's Turf and Marine. Uh, So it's 7.29. We're doing another break, folks. We'll be right back. As uh, Larry Smith would say, hang on to your high knees. Where did he get that from anyway? (laughs) So we'll be right back, folks.
2: Welcome back to the Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Neubauer. And uh, joining us, I'm proud to announce, is Fishing Hall of Fame Angler, Mr. Dale Strohschein, who's now going to be one of our uh, sponsors. So we look forward to working with uh, with the Hall of Fame Angler from up and Door County there. And good morning, Dale.
7: Good morning, Dan.
2: Yeah, so, hi, da- hi, Dale. I guess you were hunting to have... last week,
1: huh? What was that? I said, I guess you were hunting last week.
7: Yeah, I was up. Uh, I was up sitting in the tree. Something I, I like to do. Come fall, always. You know, I mean, whether it be bow hunting or gun hunting, I gives me time to just relax and, and unwind from a long season of being in the boat. <laughs> yeah, how'd you do? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm one of these guys where I hunt for the horns. You know, I'm uh, not much of a meat hunter, so I I let a lot of them walk. And, uh, but unfortunately this year I didn't get anything. I'm going to sit a little bit here second season, you know, with the bow. So I still got a chance. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I suppose, Dale, I mean, you're so busy, you know, with wacky walleyes guide service up there and your resort. And, uh, uh, I mean, you got a lot of, you, you got a lot of great anglers working with you up there and taking people out that it's probably hard, hard for you to get time to do something for yourself like that.
7: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, <laughs> my dad taught me many years ago, you've got responsibilities, you know, and, and, um, I've, I've built a career around something that was, that I grew up with and, um, it requires, unfortunately, you know, everybody's like, well, you know, to go turkey hunting, well, it just happens to be right in the heart of my busiest time of my season for walleye. So there's, there's a lot of things that I've got to just, you know, give up to, uh, in order to pursue my, my career. So, um, the one nice thing is though, you do have flexibility with your hours and your schedule and, and, uh, you can make adjustments if needed to be, but I still have a lot of very, uh, passionate people that want to fish with me every day. And so that's what I do, you know, and then come fall, like I said, you know, once, um, the water gets so cold, it just happens to fall into place with deer hunting. So, I'm able to uh, get out of the boat because not much is really biting per se and, and uh, or the people at least have kind of given up. I mean, this year, for example, I, I did go out and do a little fishing late fall for smallmouth, which I did very well. So there's still fish biting, but um, at some point, you know, the clientele
2: quits calling, so that's when I get the call to go in the woods. So now i'm I'm sure you're probably gonna be gearing up for the ice fishing season. and I was reading uh, uh, information in your bio Dale that uh, uh, in uh, many, many years ago, uh, March nineteen ninety five that you had actually caught a uh, a record walleye that was nearly fourteen pounds, which uh, I mean that's I can't even imagine pulling something like that through the ice. can you can you tell us about that quickly? Yeah, you know I mean one thing I've been been very
7: fortunate and I think I kind of built built my reputation on was big fish and um, you know I was like you said that was March 21st of 1995 I was sitting on the ice um, if you if you want the exact uh, situation it was kind of unique I guess um, I always tell everybody it kind of reminded me of the movie Caddyshack you know when the guy with the minister was playing that round of golf and, uh, it was lightning and raining and, and, uh, but he still kept playing his round of golf and kind of very similar situation. I hopped on the Stilloville. I had to skip over a little open water to get over to the good ice. And, uh, I took off from the shoreline, went over to the ice, went out, sat on my bucket. Uh, we had a lot of heat lightning, started raining. Um, I had caught five fish prior to this next bite. And uh, four of those fish were over 10 pounds. And if you know anything about walleye fishing, you know, once-in-a-lifetime is you know, considered 30 inches or 10 pounds. Right. And uh, So anyhow, I, I get the sixth bite, and um, looking down the hole, I'm sitting in 10 feet of water, and the, when the thing went by the hole, its shoulders filled a 10-inch hole, and I'm like, wow, this is a giant walleye. And uh, pulled it up through the hole. I started hollering and hooting, and uh, I was I was the only one out there. But I'm sure somebody that was on shore would have heard me. They would have thought something was wrong, and because uh, I get still very excited today, even when I catch a big fish, and uh, but anyhow, I brought it back and uh, called an outdoor writer by the name of Kevin Nazi, one of our local outdoor writers here in Sturgeon Bay, and uh, he came out, took some great pictures of it for me. And in the morning, the phone rings. And I look, and it's Kevin Nazi. And Kevin says, Hey, uh, Dale, stay on the line. He says, The Hall of Fame is going to be, uh, joining us, uh, out of Wisconsin. And I'm, I'm, I have no idea what's going on. And all of a sudden, the guy comes on, and he says, Hey, uh, I heard you got a 13 and three quarter pound walleye. And I said, Yeah. And he says, Well, if you, if you go in and get that certified and registered, he said, you have the world record. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he says, yeah, you, you've got the world record for Division four for ice fishing. So Division four, what that means is it stands for ice fishing. And in an ice fishing, for world records, you have two categories. You either have pole and line or tip-up. And uh, I had the pole and line world record, so I quick ran into Mac Sports Shop in Sturgeon Bay, got everything certified, and he told me if I got him the documents by 10 o'clock this day that I would make the books because everything was going to print to, the, to that day, you know, that I, the next day after I caught the fish. So I got everything to him, and lo and behold, I ended up having the world record
2: walleye.
1: Wow. it's a great story. I was going to say, like Bill Murray once said, you know, the heavy stuff isn't going to come down for a little while
2: yet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it.
1: I liked exactly. it when you used uh, shed. Yeah, that
2: yeah. was a great. That, I remember that scene, and we just don't, Dale. We just don't want to get Tom going on these impersonations anymore. But uh, believe me. The good
7: was uh, by the way, Tom. I I'll
2: yeah. Uh, oh no, now don't encourage him, Dale. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey so let's talk walleyes because now you're going to be i'm sure doing some ice fishing for for well whitefish walleyes um what uh what 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 how does your season typically progress i'm sure there's people going to want to come up there fishing with you so what's in store coming up in the next couple months
7: well uh, first things first we we just got our contract re re-signed with tracker off-road so we're excited really about that um you know, Bass Pro Shops took on the Tracker Off-Road Units, which are the UTVs, and they provide us with uh, the 800SX crews, which are six-seater machines that we haul our people to and from our ice shelters from all winter long. So once we get those, which we should have them here in the next couple of weeks, uh, we'll start putting the GPSs in them. Uh, we put our nebulation, our, uh, uh, the the safety devices, the nebulous is safety devices, which are flotation devices. So if the machines ever would, God forbid, end up in the water, um, we pull this cord. There's a device, a flotation device, that comes out that keeps the machine afloat. Uh, and then the people can get inside those nebuluses, um to be out of the water if something would ever happen. I mean, you always have to be prepared. And uh, so we'll get those put into the, into the machine's. And then we always stud the tires on the machine. So that'll be the first uh, thing that we've got to get done. Once we get that done, um, we'll go over to, you know, we've got 20 permanent shelters um, with heaters inside of them. So we'll go in and start cleaning up all the heaters, make sure that they're uh, they're vent-free. So they just sit inside the shelters. So we got to go in and make sure that those are burning clean. So we'll typically... Get a little steel wool out, clean the burners, uh, make sure those are all running properly. Uh, Check the high sacks on the bottom of the the skid shacks, which is a plastic material, so we pull the shanties along so we make sure nothing's broke there. And then we'll go through all the rod and reels and just uh, make sure the line's good, Uh, oil everything, and just kind of, you know, get everything, you know, all our ducks in a row because, you know, every year it seems to happen the same way. You know, we've got 30 degrees, 30 degrees, no ice, no ice, no ice, and they get all nervous and start sweating profusely. And then all of a sudden, one day at 7 below, and the whole bay's locked up in like a magical, it's like
2: somebody just waved a magic wand, you know. <laughs> wow, you got, a, you got a first-class operation there as far as those machines to take people out. So I guess you're not putting anybody on the back of a snowmobile and jumping open water to get to the ice, huh? <laughs>
7: Well, no, that's something
2: <laughs> that's something we don't,
7: uh, don't encourage. Number one, and then secondly, yeah, we wouldn't be doing that with any guests. But uh, no, and to really answer your question, though, more more honestly, Dan, I'm glad you brought that up because with our service, we really it, there's nobody else that has a service like ours uh, because we own a resort. So a lot of people, when they drive up with these other services, they have nowhere to go to the bathroom when they get here. They have nowhere to change. They have to change outside. They stay at another hotel miles away. They have to get up in the morning and drive somewhere to find their guide. We eliminate all of that. You come up and you stay with us. Uh, You get up in the morning in a warm room. You change at your leisure. You walk out. Uh, You can go to the bathroom in your own room, or you can go to the bathroom in one of our public facilities. We've got breakfast there for you. Uh, you walk outside, you get in your machine that has an enclosed cap on it uh, so you don't have to deal with the elements, and uh, we drive you out to a shelter. Or if you don't want to use our, you know, our lodging, you drive up, you park in our parking lot, you come into our lounge area, you can use our bathrooms that are heated, uh, you can wash your hands with running water, You know, I mean, uh, you can sit in a heated room. You can change your clothes right there instead of having to drive all the way up, you know, two hours away from Milwaukee uh, in your clothes or then change outside when you get there. You can do all of that right inside of our resort. So it's really a top-notch, you know, operation, um, I would say, you know, in comparison
2: to anything else that's out there. God, you make it it too easy. It it sounds great, Dale, um, I'd like to get into some, maybe a, if you if you don't mind holding over, we have to go to a, a hard break here for a couple of minutes, but do you mind holding over because I'd like to get into some some of the tactics and some of the, uh, you know, what you'll be targeting there this year, if that's okay.
7: Yeah, no, no, absolutely, guys. Uh, love the time. So, yeah, go ahead and do what you got to do, and I'll be here when you get back.
2: Okay,
7: All right. folks, so
1: stay tuned. We'll be talking more with Dale Stroshine up in uh, Door County. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, we are on the Sports Radio, 12.50 a.m., The Fan. It's the final countdown.
2: The final countdown. Welcome back. Welcome back to the final segment of the Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for joining us, my friends, and uh, we appreciate all our listeners out there. And right now we... Got the Hall of Fame angler Dale Strohschein has been kind enough to join us this morning and uh, held through that break. And I wanted to kind of ask you, Dale, you mentioned you got a top-notch set up there for anglers to go on up and do some ice fishing this season. Um, How does the season progress when you do get that first ice? Are you going after whitefish right away, perch, walleyes? What's the typical progression for your season? Well...
7: You know what we'll do right away is, you know, first of all, we'll start going out and just kind of checking ice um, to see where we can get to. That that really kind of lets us know, you know, I guess what we're going to be fishing for. Um, a lot of times, what we'll do is I'll start off back in the bays a little bit more, um, get out on some of the points off these right off these bays that we've got up here. You know, we've got Sand Bay, Little Sturgeon, Riley's Bay, and then uh, of course there's points on each one of those. So there'll be walleyes and whitefish basically right off of those points and um, just go around and just see what we can get after and get after, you know, like I said, number one, always with us is going to be safety. So we'll walk to a destination, whether it's, you know, a half mile or whether it's four miles, we'll walk with a spud bar uh, drilling, just making sure on ice thicknesses and uh, making sure there's no thermal pockets. A lot of times, Uh, If I get the opportunity, um, I have people that I know that uh, are flying around up here, and I'll talk to them a little bit, just see if they see any thermal pockets. Because what ends up happening up here a lot of times is, like I said, when we get a fall where it stays relatively warm and then it just all of a sudden gets cold, what ends up happening, guys, is we get what's called a thermal pocket because the water is not turned over properly, meaning when it turns over, it's the same temperature from top to bottom, unlike the rest of the season where it's warmer on the surface and then cooler on the bottom. In the winter, it turns over, and when it turns over, that's when it freezes, but it doesn't freeze until it turns over. But we've got to get a normal progression of air temperatures in order for that to happen. In a lot of falls, like I said, it just stays warmer warm, and warm. It doesn't progressively get cooler, and then all of a sudden the bottom falls out and the water's not turned over. And then what ends up happening is it condenses all this warm water into certain areas, and there's no rhyme or reason for these where these warm areas of water are going to be sitting. And unfortunately, those don't freeze. So uh, I make sure there's no thermal pockets, um, and then or look for them, and then so I can kind of mark them in on GPSs, you know, so we stay away from those areas until it gets uh, safe enough. And uh, but anyhow. A lot of times, really, the progression of the fishery is uh, we'll start walleyes early. You know, walleyes are going to always be better early, uh, early January. February for walleye up here is just pretty much a waste of time. Um, And if somebody else tells you differently, they're just kind of taking your money. Um, It's just not an area we do very well up here in February at all for walleyes. Um, We just don't have enough of a population up here You know, this fishery has never been about numbers. We always tell everybody, listen, if you're looking for numbers of fish, you need to go to Red Lake in Minnesota or Lake of the Woods or something like that um, because that's not what this fishery is about. This fishery up here uh, for the ice fishing in the in the Surgeon Bay area is about coming up here and looking for that trophy fish. And uh, many a times, you know, you're going to sit and not get bit. uh, But when you do get bit, a lot of times it's going to be a fish, you know, that uh, you typically don't see, meaning it's, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, know, pounds, whatever it might be. And um, so we do have big fish. And then the the one thing about uh, walleyes is then, so the progression of the walleyes early is always pretty good, you know, so when we can get on a walleye spot, normally that's going to be the best time. And then February, like I said, that's a really slow period of the time of the season uh, for the walleye. And then as we move into March, that's when the fish really start puddling up into, once we get runoff where the water starts running and the snow starts melting, um, the fish will start migrating. Because what ends up happening in February, just so people kind of understand, is it takes the needle and it puts it in the haystack, if you will. And uh, Because those fish are are on different shoals all over, and they're they're feeding in those areas uh, when they do. And then come March, what ends up happening is when that water starts running, uh, it puts the needle in the thimble because what ends up happening is it will pull all those fish from wherever they might be uh, into very specific areas because they're going to stage there to spawn. And um, that's what happened when I caught that world record. All those fish were sitting in one particular area, and it kind of puts the needle in the thimble. So come March or uh, first part of April, if we still have ice, those are always, that's going to be your peak time of the season for the walleye. And then whitefish, um, those will get, you know, as soon as we can get out on good ice, um, the whitefish are biting pretty much throughout the entire winter, uh, from January, February, March, and even into April if we still have ice, you know, the whitefish are going to be biting. And here's the great thing about the whitefish over any other fish. Um, there are a couple of things that make them unique. Number one is, they, they purge themselves, meaning they decompress. So when you bring them up from any depth of water, you can release them. And the, the great thing about that is you can be selective when you're going to harvest the fish. So if you want to take one, um, if you want to release one that's a little bit smaller, if you catch one in 70 feet of water, for example, yeah, at this elevation where we're at, guys, about 33 feet is about the deepest you can catch fish, typically because when you bring them up from the depths, they can't decompress and their air cavity fills up their their internal organs fill up with air and it squishes them so it basically D- Dale can't pass that air yeah
2: dale i hate to interrupt you but we gotta go <laughs> they, I, we just got the producer said we got one minute left yeah. so yeah we gotta go dale <laughs> we appreciate that so people can call you now start booking their trips correct yeah, yeah, absolutely. And one thing I will say real quickly is don't forget uh,
7: Christmas. You know, it's a great gift. We do gift certificates. So, for people that want to get up with us, uh, you know, and send their people, their loved ones out with us on a, on a fishing trip, just give my wife a call and uh, we'll get you set up with some gift certificates.
1: All right. All right. Thanks, Dale. Thanks
7: again, Appreciate Dale. It.
2: All right, Take guys. Care, man. Thank you. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got.
4: To all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone.
2: Thanks for listening to our Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll talk to you all next week, guys.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,